0: Good evening, everyone. Gathering in the rain in the jungle, to continue our discussion of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami's book about the the ocean, the nectar ocean of Bhakti Rasa. And we're in the southern division. As we know, the book is divided into four sections, eastern, southern, northern, and western, poetically. And each of the chapters within those uh, sections are the waves of the ocean of bhakti rasa and so we're in the southern division and the southern division is all about the 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 ingredients of bhakti rasa hmm. central topic to uh, Gaudiya Vedanta. Rupa Goswami explained Vedanta in a unique way uh, explained I should say his form of Vedanta takes a unique form uh, by way of explaining Brahman, the Absolute, the subject of the Upanishads, in uh, the language of uh, Indian aesthetics, um, or what's called Ras Shastra. Hmm? And so, uh, if you could just kind of imagine Krishna Leela as a drama, hmm, and the drama is full of action and emotion hmm? and we are sitting in the audience hmm? this is this is the experience of baba bhakti sitting in the audience and watching the drama and feeling oneself being transported into the drama experiencing the various emotions of the different players of the drama. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, as I say, being transported entirely into the into the drama, identifying with one of the players and developing the same emotive uh, reality as as that player. So we heard this morning from takwar. And he's really citing Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that uh, the path of Raganuga Bhakti, which is the path of 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 Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Gaudi Vedanta, it uh, Anuga means to follow, and rag means like attachment. So there are Raganugas and Ragatmikas. Atmika Ragatmika means uh, one in whom the rag or attachment for Krishna hmm, is inborn and spontaneous and so for example Krishna's friends like Subal and Sridham and, and uh, Sudama they're all ragatmikas in the rasa of Sakya and uh, Radharani's friends like Lalita, Vishaka uh, Rupa Manjari that's, which is Rupa Goswami's identity in Krishna Leela uh, they and others are all uh, in the drama they are ragatmikas of the madhurya type of the of the romantic life type mother yashoda nanda maharaj they are ragatmikas uh, of the of the vatsalya type the, of parental love for krishna hmm? um, and the idea is that in the ragmarg is to follow in the in the footsteps of those uh, devotees and attain a ba- the same bhava as them, mm-hmm. and so there is room for unlimited numbers of friends and parental lovers and romantic lovers of Krishna, and this is the way, mm-hmm. and that way comes to us through the guru parampara, the disciplic succession. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is said to Narayan Thakur, uh, a great Acharya in our line who wrote many songs and uh, has sung, Golokeru Premodhan Hari Namsan Kirtan, that the wealth, the Premodhan, the wealth of Golok is its prem, its love. Hmm? And it's been exported here through, in the form of the Namsan Kirtan Chanting of the holy name. Hmm? So this is the method that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu founded, you know, in a way his own sampradaya, his own lineage. Hmm? It's connected to the Madhva lineage, but he it, it, it gives new new light and insight, and it is a different uh, lineage at the same time than the Madhva lineage, and it's one that the method hmm, is. Uh, Principally constituted of this Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? So, through this Namsan Kirtan being received from the disciplic succession, one will chant and hear about Krishna. Namsan Kirtan means that about the name, chant the names of Krishna. Within the name of Krishna, so much is to be found. The form of Krishna is found in the name, his qualities, his leelas. Hmm? And associates, you can't have leelas without associates, it's all within the name. So with a nam dharma, and a culture of the name, which is a a principle that's universal, as I've often said uh, from a religious point of view, all the religious traditions hold that there's a sacred logos, hmm, or name of God, that's to be venerated, that's holy, that's to be invoked... uh, uh, that's non-different from God. The Bible begins something like that. Then the w- beginning was the Word, and the Word was one with God. Word here meaning the sound, hmm? whether it be Om or Krishna or Narayan or or the name uh, under the name was said something in the Bible like under the name under my name or something, or the name of Jesus or Jehovah or something, you'll be saved. Some same principle it's found in Buddhism in the. Pure Land Buddhism, uh, this idea. In the Jewish faith, it's said that uh, the names of God are sacred. You can't even say them, they're so sacred. Mm -hmm. Um, In the Islamic faith, they have, I think, 99 names of God, and they chant them on on beads, like we do. Mm -hmm. In Catholicism, you have the rosary, and they have a similar practice of oh mother mary jesus have mercy upon me or you ch- or you chant prayers hmm? so besides nam we also can do kirtan about the qualities of krishna i think we lost the speakers um, can you hear me you can do uh, so nam kirtan guna kirtan guna means the qualities of krishna Lila kirtan kirtan's songs about his pastimes and so forth uh, but our main emphasis is 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 the nam kirtan and 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 within that the emphasis is to cleanse the heart, so it has a this uh power to principally at first to remove other desires uh, attractions attachments and so forth and as those are removed, then you kind of like make space for the name to dance. First he has to do some cleaning, hmm? move things around and so forth, lift up the rug and sweep under it and throw the rug out too. Um, So there's a lot of that, hmm? but eventually as it becomes cleared then he's got some room to move there, so to speak, and starts to manifest the entirety of himself. We're talking. You may notice about Krishna Nam as if he's a person, and of course, that's the idea that the name is non different than the person, which is also something that is uh, that we more or less accept materially speaking. Therefore, we if somebody calls and you say to your kids, "Who was it? Did you get his name?" You know, you think he got his name. I mean, you've got him. You know who it is and you can follow up the person is their name, so to speak. As I said before, in other discourse about the name, nowadays in the United States they have here you have this, this the cedula number, right? In the United States we have a social security number. So somebody can get your social security number and take over your identity and take your money from the bank and and so on and so forth. That's a identity crime, I guess they call it now. Uh, so, uh, this this same principle is operative and uh, fully so with regard to, to Krishna, the divine name, the sound, non-different than him, and so forth. So, this is the main method. It comes to us through the disciplic succession. As that chanting cleanses the heart, hmm, then the name starts to manifest himself more fully in terms of qualities, and eventually leelas and so forth. And so what this means to us is that 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 certain qualities will manifest hmm? and certain leelas that we'll become attracted to hmm? that correspond with a particular kind of love of Krishna, whether it be parental love or friendly love or romantic love. Just like if you love someone if, if I uh, love someone as a friend and another person loves that person as a child, their parents, a third person loves that same person as a lover, we all love the same person, but different qualities are going to stand out to the different types of persons. The parents are going to see certain qualities that they're attracted to. The friends will see Identify with certain qualities and certain activities, also, hmm? and the romantic lover will will think will 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 uh, also identify with certain qualities and not others, and certain types of um, activities by which that will be played out. So this this is the same principle with regard to loving Krishna. Hmm? So in the drama, there's different types of of lovers, right? We have, the, again, Nanda, Yashoda, Lita, Vishaka, Radha, Sridam, Sudam, Krishna's friends, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this comes to us through Guru Parampara, and as it does, and we, we take it up, the heart becomes cleansed, and the name starts to manifest himself more fully, and as he does, then our, as he manifests certain qualities, then a certain identity, if he manifests the qualities of the, the that are attractive to his friends or to his romantic uh, lovers, then in our heart, then in our heart, we'll start to develop an identity as a friend or as a romantic lover. What will determine which way in which Krishna manifests in our heart, that will largely be determined by the kind of the, the 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 association that we have through the disciplic succession. So, uh, for example, Prabhupada was very prominently uh, expressed that he loved Krishna as a friend. And so, those connected with Prabhupada have that connection. They get an impression from him. Uh, besides what he may have taught and done, and, and, and that we can see physically and write about, and so forth. Um, his consciousness, mm-hmm. saturated, with immersed in, for example, uh, in his case, as he stated, loving Krishna as a friend, that's going to come through, mm-hmm. to his disciples, and and those who are affiliated with him. Mm-hmm. It's going to affect the chitta. The chitta is that internal, subtle, psychic matter. Uh, that is a yoga. It's a yogic term, and it re- refers to the the idea that we have some subtle. Um, there's physical matter and psychic matter, and within the psychomatic there's this thing called the chitta that's like like a mirror, that if I flash it on you, that reflection will come. So it's that organ, if you will, subtle organ by which we perceive, and. Imp- and as we perceive and interact with the world, impressions come on it. Hmm? And those impressions then inform our actions. Um, and so we become habituated in certain ways. The idea, again, with the chanting is to cleanse that, to use Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's terminology, that mirror of the chitta, hmm? and then turn it on Krishna. So that it only reflects Krishna. And we get bhakti samskars, bhakti Skar means like an impression, like, uh, like when you're a kid, you know you get impressions from your parents and, and, and they Im- are an imprint, and then your life you know, is set in a certain course in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. It's hard to change that. What bhakti is coming to us through the sadhus is, 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 is changing the course of our direction. Not only is our chitta being cleansed of material desires imprints uh, and, and so forth that are determining largely our activity but also bhakti scars are being put on the chitta so in time this is it, these accumulate and our capacity to engage in bhakti becomes second nature hmm? after a lifetime so therefore you find some people that come they join and they kind of like hit the ground running, so to speak, and they just take it up and they seem to understand it very easily and, and so forth. And um, Others may take more time and, and so on. So it's, all, it's a cumulative effect of impressions of bhakti. Rupa Goswami in this chapter has used the term what? Uh, sad-bhakti-vasana. Hmm? So sufficient sad-bhakti-vasana in this life and previous lives will allow us to attain this bhava in ecstasy. There's bhava in practice, bhakti in practice, bhakti in ecstasy, and bhakti in love of God. Hmm? Um, Bhakti in practice is kind of like, to use an English adage, imitation of a good thing is a good thing. Hmm? Um, So it's kind of going through the motions, so to speak. I see somebody... I like that person, so I adopt the things that that person does. So we, we meet our, our guru, we, we, we love our guru, so we adopt the things that our guru does. We don't even understand always why, why but we should understand why in time. But uh, we, we go through the motions. Uh, but there's more to bhakti than that. Just like, for example, let's say, you know, the child, uh, steps into the shoes of his father. Having, you're having a social gathering, right? And a young boy, young let's say young child, hmm, comes into the room wearing daddy's shoes, and everybody goes, oh, "How cute!" He's he's following in the footsteps of Papa, hmm? and uh, uh, very charming. But at the same time, we know. There is more to wearing the shoes of the father than that. Hmm? So you could be literally wearing the shoes of the father, cute and charming, and and indicate, you know, to us, whoa, I guess he's going to, you know, take up the business of of of, uh, of our father and and so forth. But stepping into the shoes of the father may be done literally, or it may be done substantially in terms of the adage and all that implies, right? Mm-hmm. He stepped into the shoes of the father. He's wearing the shoes of his father. Means he's got the bhava of his father. You understand? And he's got the power to do this. Th- and we find the father is in him. It's not just he put on the shoes. So we chant, we do, this, we do these things. That's like wearing the shoes of the father. It's good and, and it's a good start, but it... But it there is more to Bhakti than that. This is Sadhana Bhakti. That Sadhana Bhakti that will cleanse the heart hmm? and it will it will it will give us bhakti sanskars and, 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 and to a point where we reach Bhava. And now we're like really uh bhaktas, hm. Because bhakti has both an active uh side and an emotive side. Hmm? So, if we're doing the actions without the emotions, then keep doing the actions and the emotions will come, something like that, hmm? in due course. But then they should be thought out and understood so we can understand where we are and why we're not experiencing deep emotions that are sometimes talked about yet hmm? and not uh, run away because it hasn't happened in the first six months or a year or ten years. It's a big thing. This is This is... Uh, Rupa Goswami has compared the happiness of Prema Bhakti we heard the other day to a a million fold, trillion fold more than the happiness of being in yoga samadhi for half the lifetime of Brahma. That's like pretty absorbed. (laughs) Uh, So it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we should and having bhakti some scars, we kind of sign on for the long term. Hmm? It's easy, and that the practices are natural, and that the, th- they're the things we do anyway—we cook, so we cook for Krishna. We eat, we eat the remnants of Krishna. We sing, we dance, we sing and dance for Krishna. Hmm? Here we grow, we grow food, we grow it for Krishna, and so forth. So these are the things that everybody does. It's not like you have to wrap yourself up like a pretzel. Uh, you know, or fast, uh, uh, you know, or have a big brain or anything like that. As you are, apply yourself in bhakti, something like that. So it's easy like that, but that doesn't mean that that, that you'll be entering into bhakti rasa momentarily. Hmm? Uh, it, it may take some time. It will take some time. Hmm? It takes some... It's an accumulative, accumulative process, if you will, over lifetimes. So, uh, anywhere that we can be connected with this noble and high idea, if we understand it properly, should encourage us to participate and give our all in all Hmm? and not be discouraged either by our shortcomings, lackings that arise, which are inevitable. In the beginning, as I said, the path is kind of like... uh, There are some curves... Like I say uh, uh, in English we say there's a learning curve. Hmm? So there may be some ups and downs and so forth. We have other ideas that haunt the heart and so forth that we can't quite give up and we we pursue them. They make us unhappy. Still, we go back to them. And, but sadhana is about this. Sadhana is about this kind of struggle. Hmm? And, and you may lose a battle, but you will win the war. If you stay, so to speak, on the, on, on the boat of bhakti, something like that, in good association, in hmm? time you get some footing. And it's like learning a language. All of a sudden you start to understand what people are saying. Huh. And, and, and you start to become a little fluent, a little spontaneous. You don't need the book anymore and you're learning. So it'll come like this. Um, so, by good association, With different types of devotees, powerful, loving devotees, ecstatic devotees, that their impressions will come to us. And uh, the prominent association will have the overriding effect that determines our own uh, loving relationship, the way that is to say, in which Krishna will manifest in our lives, as a friend, as a lover, as a child, and and so forth. Hmm? Uh, So, Goswami had made this point also at the beginning of the chapter. So, here we are, we're sitting in the audience, we're watching the drama of Krishna. We want to enter into the Bhakti Rasa. And all the players are examples of Bhakti Rasa. There are the friends... In Sakirasa, the lovers in Madhuri Rasa, the parents, as I say, in Vatsali Rasa, the servants of Krishna in Dasi Rasa, and they all have their their part to play, and they're all centered on Krishna. Hmm? Mm-hmm. What this chapter is about is one of the five-fold ingredients of Bhakti Rasa. I was asked the other day in the last class what the meaning of bhava is. I said emotion, but it's really maybe not the best uh, uh, translation, I, I would maybe prefer to say ecstasy in this regard. I mean, that is a, a translation, emotion, but ecstasy. Some of the ecstasies are physical, some of them are emotive, actually. So there are fi- fivefold um, ingredients. Mm-hmm. They are ingredients that are, they could be called excitants that are causal stimulate you see it it gives rise to a feeling so they are there are excitants there are those physical gestures and traits that ensue upon being excited they ensue like uh, uh, friendship will show up, and so you'll conduct yourself in certain ways. You slap your friend on the back. If it's romantic, you hug them like this and 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 kiss them. These these these, either activities. So all of these constituents, are, some of them are physically expressed, some of them are internal and emotive in that sense. So you have excitants You have, those that excite and cause, those that are ensue. Gestures, smiling. Mm -hmm. All the different rasas, the devotees, they'll act in different ways. They'll dress in certain ways and they'll have certain. um, uh, They're called anubhavs. The excitants are called vibhavs. Uh, Then the ensuing ones that manifest, as I say, as gestures and physical characteristics. They are called anubhavs. Then you have the transformative ones, the sattvika that cause transformations of the body, Mm -hmm. like hair standing on end and tears falling and passing out and and these kind of things, changing of color of complexion. These are called sattvika And then you have, so that's one, two. Then you have the staibhav bhavs, is the Staibav is again the one, the, 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 the defining ecstasy. Staibav means the, the feeling of a friend, the feeling of being a, a lover, the feeling of being a parent. Hmm? These are powerful, powerful emotions that have the power to uh, predominate over other emotions and define a person. And then there are auxiliary emotions. Emotions We call them sancharis. Hmm? In other words, let's say your dominant emotion turns out to be, I'm the friend of Krishna. So you could be the friend of someone, and that defines your relationship with that person. We're friends. But in the context of being a friend, you'll experience other emotions. Like when he's happy, you'll feel happy. If he's sad and you cannot minister to him and help your friend, then you'll feel despondent. Hmm? So there are a number, 33 of these different auxiliary emotions that come and go, come and go, they're transitory. Whereas the staibha, the dominating, defining emotion like parental love or romantic feeling, friendly feeling, these are permanent Hmm? and they define the person. You have the defining emotions, you have auxiliary emotions, you have physical transformations, you have physical characteristics, gestures, movements, and then you have the cause. Now the cause, vibhav, it's not really like a bhav. You have anubhav, satvika bhav, anubhavs, um, yeah, satvika bhavs, dayibhav, sanchari bhav, and the vibhav. Vibhav, actually, it, it it means literally something like that which gives rise to an emotive condition. And there are two basic types of this vibhav. Remember, now we're watching the movie, right? The drama of Krishna. We're in the seat. So, in order for this rasa to take place, there has to be Krishna. Right? And there has to be the devotee of Krishna. Krishna is the the center, all the devotees in the different rasas are centered on Krishna in their love. So you have the Krishna and you have all the different devotees. And the devotees are embodiments of different sentiments. Friendliness, friendship, servile love, parental embodiment, uh, romantic embodiments hmm? in spiritual bodies. So these two, Krishna and the devotees, they are called the Ibav. Lambana means support. In dramatic language we call them we could call props. Something like that. Um, you, you need the hero and you need the other players. You need the hero, you need the heroine, you need the uh, the supporting actress actors and actresses, and so forth. So Krishna is the hero. He's, that's that's a particular. So you can't have bhakti rasa without the alambana vibhavs, without the devotee, and without Krishna. Hmm. And there are different kinds of devotees, and it's, again different sentiments, but they're all centered on Krishna. So Krishna is called the Vishai alambana vibhava. Hmm? Alambana means support, and Vishai means object. So he's the object of love that everybody is focused on and every devotee is called the, the ashraya lambana. Again, alambana means the prop, or the, in this case the actor, I guess you could say, or actress. So the, the, the ashraya lambana means that alambana that is the, the, the vessel or the shelter of a certain type of love. So as much as Krishna is the object of love, the devotee is kind of the subjective component because the love is subjective. Some feel as friends, some feel as, as parents, some feel as, as, as lovers. So we have to get these two things in place in order to have bhakti rasa. Without them, there's no bhakti rasa. And the nature of Krishna as the perfect object of love, which is the subject of this chapter, the ideas you hear about him and the way that he is is such that it it, 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 become, it becomes a, a stimulus for for loving him. Hmm? So first Rupa Goswami is going to talk about the Ashraya Alambana, excuse me, the Vishaya Alambana, Krishna, who is this, the, the support, the main hero, the object of love. Hmm? And he's going to talk about him by way of talking about his different qualities. Some of his principal qualities. So, this is a subtle point now. When he's talking about Krishna as the the object of love, then the qualities of Krishna that he mentions, they're all spoken about as what Krishna is like. What Krishna is like. So when we speak about the qualities like that, these qualities become part of the lambana What are the qualities? They are aspects of the lambana Krishna. There's another way in which we might talk about the qualities independently of talking about the ashrai, the Vishay, the object of love. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about them uh, Separately, so to speak. Then they be, they're called Udipanas. So this is the other kind of Vibhav. There's Alambana Vibhavs, of which there are two types, the object and the subjective lover. And then there's the Udipana Vibhav. Udipana Vibhav, Udipana means like a stimulant. Hmm. So you, you see something that's connected with a person, and it reminds you of that person. You come home, you've been away for... Your you, your daughter's been away for a long time. You come home and you, you you come to the door and you see her shoes at the door. And your heart... Ro- oh, my daughter, she's come home. She's come to visit. You're seeing her shoes. So it becomes a, a, a stimulant. And your parental love, which is always there, it, it gets agitated and and... Rises up and uh, and, and becomes uh, more prominent than it already is. Hmm? So, um, in this chapter, Krishna will talk about the qualities of, or excuse me, Rupa Goswami will speak about the qualities of Krishna in terms of describing Krishna. But he also makes the point: the qualities can also be seen as udipanas, hmm? and. For that matter, he'll also speak of other types of Udipanas besides the qualities of Krishna, like things related to Krishna, hmm? um, like Krishna's flute, hmm? the different ages of Krishna. So parent, parents will love Krishna in his in his age of Kumar, like from one to five. That will be a that will be in a, that age will be an Udipana for them. Whereas the friends, they're like the middle portion, the Pogunda, from five to ten. Mm-hmm. And the romantic lovers will love him in his adolescence. So Krishna has three ages. These ages, I'm just giving an example, they're all Udipanas for the different rasas. Mm-hmm. And then there's divisions within them, because there's the beginning of the of the Kumar Leela the infancy, and the middle and the end. And then there's the beginning and middle and end of the of the childhood or, or the uh, yeah, boyhood. Mm-hmm. And then there's the beginning, middle, and end of the Kishore, or the adolescence. And there's some overlapping in different uh, rasas, like the Priyanarma Saka, they were like Krishna in the Seish Poganda, particularly. Just as he's moving from the end of the Poganda into the Kishore Leela, mm-hmm. into his adolescence, and so forth. So, point anyway, and we'll, this will all come. In other discourses, we go forward. He'll talk about the Udipanas. So, after talking about the Alambana Vibhavs, and particularly Krishna as the Vishaya then he'll talk about the Udipana Vibhavs that I just mentioned and explained, and then he will talk about the Ashraya alambana, the devotees. Different types of devotees, in general, he speak about devotees who become perfect by practice, those who become perfect by by mercy, those who are eternally perfect, different types of devotees in general, all of whom are suitable um, vehicles for of uh, or embodiments, I should say, of, of loving Krishna. That's what this chapter is about the next chapter. I'll just go into it again. I hope hoping I'm giving a better explanation this time than in my last class so we can get a handle on these terms and concepts. Uh, the next chapter will be about the Anubhav, so the excitants and the supports, the ensuing, hmm, the description of ensuing ecstasies that uh, that, that uh, uh, result from this, so to speak. Hmm? So he'll talk about the various anubhavas. Mm-hmm. Then he'll talk about the Sattvika bhavas, the, the physical trans, the transformations, not just gestures and characteristics. And these are all ecstasies. So when we're looking at that picture, we're looking about at, at different kinds of ecstasies. We're looking at the 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 the, the, the ecstasies that take the form of gestures, mm-hmm. the ecstasies that take the form of bodily transformations, mm-hmm. and, and then the Ecstasies that are internal and emotive, like the feeling of friendship, the feeling of romantic love, hmm? and then the feelings of that that come and go within the context of those prominent types of love: friendly love, parental love, romantic love. Hmm? So again, this chapter is about the vibhav. Then you have the anubhav, the satvik the Staibhavs and the Sancharibhavs. Hmm? The excitements and support, the ensuing characteristic, physical characteristics, the physical transformations, the internal defining emotion, hmm? and the auxiliary emotions. Vibhav, Alambana, Anashrai, and Udipana. Hmm? Then Anubhavs, the ensuing characteristics, physical characteristics, sattvigabhavs, the physical transformations, hmm. the bhav, the defining emotion, the Bhav auxiliary emotion. And sancaribhavs are also called vyabhicharibhavs, just a different name for the same thing, to complicate it a little bit more. That will take us through the whole southern division hmm. of the ocean of bhakti rasa, so we're going through all the indiv- individual ingredients. And then what Rupa Goswami will do in the northern section. Is it the northern section or the western section? I think it's the northern section. Hmm? He, well, the next section. Then, I think it will be the northern. And then he will describe in detail each of the, the rasas. What is the rasa? The rasa is, this, is the dominant, defining emotion combined with all these other ingredients. So he'll talk about the shantarasa. What is shantarasa? And therefore, what anubhavas or ensuant gestures will, be, will manifest in one who has shantarasa? What type of auxiliary emotions will correspond with shantarasa? rasa? Hmm? What is the nature of this support, the Vibhava of Shantarasa? For example, it's Krishna, but in four-armed form, not a two-hand form for Shantarasa. Then he will go to the next chapter, Dasaras, Dasaras. We talk about the different types of Dasirasa. and how these ingredients all come together, uh, different qualities of Krishna, which are Udipinas. Hmm. They will correspond with Dasaras, with Shantaras. Then he'll go to Sakirasa, Then he have a chapter about Batsali rasa and a chapter about Madurya rasa. Hmm? And then he'll go to the final section, Western section, and there he'll talk about how these rasas hmm? well he'll he'll talk about he'll talk about something called a secondary rasa. Hmm? He talked about the primary rasas, they don't talk about secondary rasas. The primary rasas are shanta. Neutrality, Passive Love, Dasya, Servitude, Sakya, Friendship, Vatsalya, Parental Love, Madhurya, Romantic Love. Hmm? Remember that these are all inner emotions and then they're augmented by these auxiliary emotions, the Sancharis that come and go. Hmm? Well, there's another class of emotion that doesn't have the power to define a person... But it has the power to define a person for a period of time. Hmm? It has more permanence, therefore, than a typical sanchari, which is auxiliary, come for a uh, in, in a way that doesn't displace the principal sentiment. Let me give you an example. One of the secondary rasas is is laughter or joking laughter comedy hmm? so let's say you have a relationship with krishna as a friend okay so this secondary rasa is so powerful that we don't call it a sanchari hmm? transitory because it can enter in and take over and the, and the cowherd boys can be rolling on the ground and laughing and laughing and telling jokes for hours and and it takes over their being so to speak they're still friends of krishna but what's what you're seeing prominently is this hasya, hmm? this 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 comedy and joking and, and 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 so it it kind of it causes the primary rasa to recede a little to the background. Hmm? It's still there, and it, it takes precedent for some time. So this is a secondary rasa. So he'll talk about all the seven secondary rasas. There, is, let's go through them. There are there's hasya, which is comedy. There is Adbhuta, like wonder. Hmm. There's bhayankar, apprehension, uh, like fear, uh, spiritual fear. There's uh, rodra, rodra, hmm. anger. There's karuna, hmm. which is like uh, feeling pity, like the parents may feel for the children. That's fine. We've got two more. Vibhatsa means like disgust, and vira, vira means like um, like heroism and um, chivalrousness. You understand chivalrousness? No. It means like macho. <laughs> <laughs> Shirdan is the macho. Huh? Ekristalila. <laughs> As amongst the friends, he'll fight the demon. I'll fight the demon. You stay back. Something like. So, um, so these he'll describe these seven, and um, how these seven combine with certain primary rasas, and don't combine with other primary rasas. Hmm? And then finally, he'll describe the, well, he described the compatibility of rasas. And then he described in the last chapter the, the semblance of rasa, an abhas, ras, abhas a shadow. Well, it looks like rasa, but something's, something is deficient in terms of the ingredients or the combination, and so it's, it's not actually rasa. This is this whole next three sections of the book, an overview. Here, I've done that now twice in two classes. It's probably worthwhile um, to go through it. Because it's a, it's in one sense, as I was saying, a complex subject, but in another sense, it's not a complex subject because it's so relative to, our human, emotive, and active lives. Hmm? That's why we can register and say, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Right. I can see how laughter, how 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 laughter would work good with friendship. Hmm? Joking with friends, you tend to joke with friends, um, or. How, how friendship could define a relationship with a person or how you, you, you're defined in your relationship with your wife in a different way, with a romantic sentiment. So these are all, it's a high topic, but at the same time, it's very easy for us to relate to them because it really speaks about something we're already doing. We're just not doing it centered on Krishna. Hmm? And so we're not getting Bhakti Rasa because Bhakti Rasa means... Krishna has to be the Alamban of the object of love. Hmm? And the model that we follow is a particular devotee in the Lila, Hmm? whose bhava, whose emotional reality comes to us through the disciplic succession, through the Guru Parampara. Hmm? And so that opportunity comes to us and we're influenced by it, we pursue it Hmm? appropriately. As the heart becomes cleansed and we become more absorbed, in this internal culture of 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 bhakti rasa. This is this is the life of 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 uh, the advanced devotees. Hmm? So that said, now we go into the the the, the alamban of vibhav, hmm. vishaya alamban of vibhav, all about Krishna in this chapter. And as I said, Rupa Goswami begins this section of the chapter by. Um, discussing the the qualities of Krishna. He will mention sixty-four qualities of Krishna. He will list them. And then he will say that these qualities are mentioned in the Padma Purana, where Parvati, Shiva's wife, is glorifying Krishna, speaking to Shiva, mentioning all these qualities. So this is where Rupa Goswami has drawn them from. After saying that he will cite another 40 qualities hmm? by quoting the Bhagavatam where the earth, which was took the form of a cow, metaphorically, hmm? in the first canto of the Bhagavatam, and uh, spoke to Dharma in the form of the bull. Hmm? And speaking about Dharma hmm? that the bull represents, then... Uh, the earth spoke all these beautiful... 40 40 different qualities of Krishna. Mm -hmm. Rupa Goswami lists those 40 qualities, he cites those verses mm, of the earth speaking. Mm -hmm. Then, however, he doesn't comment further on those 40 qualities, but the 64 qualities he does comment on further. After listing them and citing the other 40... Then he goes back and gives examples of each of the 64 qualities. He'll draw examples from the Tantra, from the Agamas, from other scriptures, from the oral tradition, from things that devotees have said that correspond with the scriptural descriptions and so forth. So, um, briefly but uh, instructively, he helps us to to understand that the, the, the the implications of the qualities and and um um some further elaboration upon them in some instances and examples mm-hmm. so this is a beautiful uh, uh, guna dhyan guna smarnam, really in a sense meditation on the, the we're doing the reading form which is you have to concentrate but uh uh recalling the qualities of Krishna. Now we're just doing them in general because we're describing the entirety of Krishna, who's the rasaraj, who has all these qualities that will stimulate different types of love in different types of devotees. Hmm? He's not going to go into here what are the qualities that the friends like, what are the qualities that the lovers like. That comes later when he discusses those types of love with a chapter dedicated to each each type. Hmm? So 64 qualities. And the 64 qualities, they're of two types, Rupa Goswami says. There are those that are astonishing, and that means that they are majestic and extraordinary, like like universes emanate from him. Oh, astonishing. And then there are ones that are sweet, which he says are more astonishing. (laughs) They're more astonishing. Hmm? The idea being that when He, from whom universes emanate, hmm, acts human-like, that's super astonishing. He makes the point that the leelas, the sweet leelas of Krishna, we have the majestic leelas and the sweet leelas. The majestic leelas are the you know He's God, and the sweet ones, uh, He's He's human-like. This is His Vrindavan leelas. He wants to make the point that the sweet leelas. Within the context of the Madhurya, the sweet leelas, the majesty is also contained. The full measure of majesty and Vaikuntha and all the other abodes of, of lila are differentiated from Vrindavan by sweetness in Vrindavan as opposed to majesty otherwise or various degrees of majesty in Mathura Krishna is sweet, but there's some majesty there. In Dwarka there's more majesty. You go to Ayodhya, Ram Lila, more, more majesty. Vaikuntha, more majesty. So forth. Alright? Hmm? But he wants to make the point that well, in other places there's more majesty than sweetness. In Vrindavan there's more sweetness and more majesty both. Hmm? Hmm. And there are Leelas to show that, of course. I mean, I, I give this example. A majestic quality of Krishna is that universes emanate from him but in, in Lila in, in Vrindavan that's like Mahabishnu. that's a you know, particular manifestation of Krishna so that's the point we should make when we say Krishna we mean also it refers to different manifestations of Krishna as well mm-hmm. but as Mahabishnu universes are coming right but in, the, in, in Vrindavan once Brahma came and didn't understand who Krishna was and tried to steal Krishna's calves and his cowherd boys and put him in a cave. And Krishna manifested himself as all the cowherd boys and all the calves and carried on as if nothing happened. And when Brahma saw it, he was really confused. Hmm? And then Krishna showed, see these calves and cowherd boys? They are me. And from them, Brahma saw universes emanating. Hmm? So... He saw he saw Vishnu emanating, and universes emanating. So while well, universes emanate from Vishnu, Vishnu's emanate from from Krishna. This vision was shown to Brahma. It's, uh, it's it's we should point out too that this is an instance where Krishna manifests himself. The, the cowboys, the the cowboys, the cowherd boy, the bak- bakeras, and the and the uh, and the uh, uh, the, the the calves, the teneros, they're, they're hidden by Brahma. So Krishna, he knew their hearts, so he manifested as them. That is also a form of Krishna. Rupa Goswami brings that point up because when we're talking about Krishna, it means also Krishna when, he's, when he manifests in a different form. So like in that lila, for example, Brahma or Balaram found himself attracted to the calves and coward boys, just like he was attracted to Krishna. He thought, what's going on here? Hmm? Krishna must have somehow manifest as these boys hmm? for me to feel the same way. Hmm? So when Krishna does something like that, then he still remains the Vishaya Vishayalamban and all the attraction. So you found that the, the, the cows love their calves, those calves more than other calves, even though those calves were a year old and the newborn calves... Were pushed aside to give milk to the year-old calves because the other calves, the older calves, were now forms of Krishna. Mm-hmm. So, also, it should be mentioned that sometimes Krishna dresses up. and I think I mentioned this the other night in different ways. It said in Dwarka he dressed up like a queen and he walked around just in disguise to see what people were thinking. Mm-hmm. And Uddhava saw him and said, "Who's that lady? I'm so attracted to her?" And then he realized that must be Krishna in disguise. Sure is. Yes. So when he disguises himself or manifests in other forms or he's in his own surup, he is the perfect object of love. And in Vrindavan, he's sweet and majestic at the same time. Hmm. Uh, So amongst the qualities, there's these two basic divisions. Some of them are astonishing, some are sweet. And the sweet ones are even more astonishing. And then further classification within these qualities, we have what? We have... There are 50 qualities. 50 of the qualities, the first 50, are such that they can partially manifest in people like us, in devotees, here and there, to a minute degree. Then there are five qualities that only manifest in, of course, in Krishna, and in persons like Shiva or Brahma. When Krishna becomes Shiva and Brahma, hmm? she, she, there are different manifestations of Shiva. Hmm? The one that is non-different from Krishna that is called Sadashiva, and it said that a very pious person becomes a Brahma. And sometimes there's nobody qualified that said, so Krishna takes the post of Brahma. So when Krishna takes the the post himself, then in those devas, hmm, gods. Hmm, there are five qualities of Krishna's that are manifest that won't show up in ordinary um persons or uh devotees in general. Uh he means uh, qualities we'll have to we'll, we'll we'll go through them, but like omniscience, all mystic powers, uh giving um uh form of eternity. Uh, anyway, there's five of them. We'll, we'll go through all these uh, gradually. Then, next section, so we have the 50, then we have another section of 5, then we have a second section of 5, which brings us to 60 total. The section, section of second section of 5 are qualities that are manifest in Krishna and also in Narayan of Vaikuntha. Mm-hmm. Not in Shiva, not in Brahma, even when Krishna becomes Shiva or Brahma, taking those posts. And then after that we have another section. So we have the 50, we have 5, a section of 5, another section of 5, and then a section of 4, which makes 64. And the last 4 are qualities that only manifest in Krishna, only present in Krishna, not in Narayan, not in Shiva, Brahma, not in the Jivas, and, and, and I should say, when when the qualities that the qualities that Narayan has, hmm, that are also Krishna's qualities that nobody else has, Krishna has those same qualities, but to a much greater degree. Hmm. I gave an example. One of the qualities of Narayan is that universes emanate from him. Hmm. Krishna, Narayans emanate from him. Hmm. So it's an example of how he has the same quality. Universes are also coming, but so are the Narayans, hmm? to a higher degree, to a, to a greater greater degree of intensification. So Rupa Goswami will will go into that and, and give, give examples and so forth to support his point hmm? from 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 the, from the sacred text, and then we come to the, again to the four qualities of Krishna, and they of course we all know that he's uh, Venu Maduraya, Lila maduria Rupa maduria and um, Prema Maduraya. So. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Madhuri means sweet here. Sweet, sweet flute. Hmm. He plays the flute. He has the sweetest form. He has uh, uh, sweet love, hmm. prema of 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 Brindavan. and um, form, uh, leelas and leelas. Sweet pastimes. The pastimes of Narayan are not like that. Not sweet. Not charming. Hmm. in the in the, in the way that. Krishna lives. is. So it, this is the way he will take us through these um, uh, 64 qualities, mentioning 40 others, as I said, that Earth speaks to, to Dharma, but not going into them in detail. And having done that, then he will segue into, into speaking about... He'll segue into... Fur, well, he'll further describe the, the object of love, Krishna, by describing the four different types of personalities... Hmm? That Yudhisthira is an example of, Rama is an example of the deer the deer Prashanta, the deer Data, the deer Lalita. These are all from the poetic language of the Ras Shastras. Hmm? Different types of heroes who have different have different types of personalities. Hmm? The deer Lalita, who is subjugated by his lover, for example. Hmm? So he'll show that all these personalities are. In Krishna, even though they're contradictory, hmm? and some of the qualities are contradictory, also, but how they're resolved within Krishna, hmm? considering who he is, and and then he, as he, he segues this way, and then he'll go into the deepness, the ages of Krishna, the uh, the flute of Krishna, uh, other things about Krishna, hmm? not his qualities, but related to him, that serve as udipana Vibhavas. And then that section we closed and the whole discussion on uh, Vibhav, Alambana Vibhav, or, well, uh, uh, alambana, and Udipana Vibhav. Then he'll go in again, as I said, to the Ashraya Alambana, a brief section on the different types of devotees. So this is what he had. I was going to start going with the different qualities here. Begins with beautifully limbed. He has beautiful limbs. Hmm? But I'll save that for the next uh, next discourse and we'll, we'll do some reading as it lends itself to reading and then commenting on them. I should say the qualities are divided into physical, verbal, and uh, mental, emotional, something like that. So first, so some physical qualities. A little bit about transcendental physiognomy would be uh, the subject. But since we have some... Uh, devotees here yourselves who are less informed about all these things. I thought I'd give a more of an overview to bring you into the picture of where we are in our discussions at this time. Any questions? Yes. When Krishna is growing up, in certain stages, um, in both oh. pool, yeah, Gopur. Radha is also growing up in those stages. There's not that element of Madhurya. Like, is it is more like friendship? Or how is that described? Yeah. No. It's, uh, that's in the manifest Lila. Hmm. When it manifests in this world, Krishna takes birth and so forth. Right. So there's this progression. And the eternal associates are there and so forth. So it's like it's kind of like in a dormant condition, it first starts to show itself in what's called puvarag puvarag, so they've heard about krishna they 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 know about him, and they 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 have this feeling for him, but their form has not manifest as as young girls yet in order to fully express it hmm? so it's still there, they're in the same rasa they don't have much. Communication with Krishna they're, you know they're, they're young girls, they're chased, they're being taken care of by their parents and so forth and and, uh, and then you know, they, they hear about him, they fall in love. Hmm? Puvarag means this feelings of separation from Krishna before meeting him by seeing a picture of him, by hearing his name and they're taken. Something like that. Meanwhile, their marriages are being arranged to somebody else, and, and so forth. So, you know, you you have, for example, the the Gopi Vastraharna Lila. Mm-hmm. You read the Bhagavad Where do the Gopis come into play? You know, there's the birth, Radharani's being born, and then, and then, and then, and then Krishna's milking cows, and and you come to the to the to the uh, uh, the uh, Gopi Bastarharana Lila. And the Gopis are now praying to Kaya to get Krishna as their husband. Hmm? That's perhaps where they prominently enter into the into the drama. Hmm? So we remember we're watching the drama <laughs> unfold. This is where they come in and and, and and they meet and or they see him on the head of Kaliya. Because everybody goes to the banks of the Jamuna because the earth is shaking and it seems like Krishna is going to be defeated by the serpent. Balaram takes everybody there and Gopis see him and Krishna's dancing on the heads of Kaliya, and he's chastising Kaliya. But at the same t- t- time, he's thinking, "Check me out, I'm a pretty good dancer," and all the girls are going, wow, yeah but that's all hush hush. They're too young. Hmm? It's going on, but too young to be talked about. Hmm? something like that so there's some some early beginnings there hmm. Krishna's still what, still a calf herder at that time hmm. Krishna of course mature for his age and girls are mature more mature than boys always <laughs> in the beginning in, the, in the growth and so forth So, Does that help? I don't seem to understand the point you make about I think you made last time and this time about Krishna's qualities being both vishaya and Deepam. Well, it's like this: we say Krishna is like this, hmm? or we can say this is this is a quality of Krishna. Hmm? It's kind of subtle. Hmm? Hmm? If you take the qualities as a composite that make up much about the Vishayalambana, then you're talking about the Vishayalambana. You can't talk about him without talking about his qualities. Hmm? But you can kind of talk about his qualities without talking about him as a composite of all of his qualities. Hmm? I also think it's a little hard to... He says it twice in the chapter, Rupa Goswami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, it, could it be something like this is past time in Bodhavara, when Rajarani she's seeing a picture of British, but she and she's heard his name and she's also heard the qualities but she doesn't realize they're all from the same person but she's attracted to each individual one, she's thinking she's been attracted to three different... Well that would be an example of the qualities kind of being separated yeah. in, a, in a way, which is what he's talking about all right, we'll stop there. Shri Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu ki jai, Rupa Gosami Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Bhakti Vinod Paribhar ki jai, Dajigropa ki jai, Gaur Bhaktavirinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande.